Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Plus Dave podcast. We are the Tottenham Hotspur theme show that's brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. And I'm delighted to say that all of the aforementioned are here today for a bit of a filler episode really. We decided it's kind of a support group this week for those who miss Andrebourne, who miss Spurs in the Premier League. Of course we are recording this as England play Italy but we have decided it was a good spot to just get together, talk about Spurs, have a little look back on the season so far, look ahead now that some of the dust has settled and just assess everything that's gone on so far. So with me, as always, are Dave, Elio and Socks. Socks, I'm going to come to you first because for some reason I've realised I hardly ever come to you first. So <laughs> Spurs, top of the league, six wins out of eight. Had a few days to think about it. Could we? No, in a word. <laughs> no. Thank you for no joining universe. the Plus Day podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> no, talk to me in March or April, but the short answer, the long answer, the medium length answer is no, no, no. Here's a question for you, Sock. Let's fast forward to March, April. What sort of a lead would you want to see us have over second place for you to admit that we're in a title race? No, if we are within, say, striking distance, we don't even need to be in the lead and there are eight games left to play, then even though that's what 24 points that available okay. up for grabs at that point we are absolutely in a title race that's my criteria you're being, you're being very sensible and i don't like it one bit elio <laughs> welcome has to be. back to the show i imagine the last few days have been like that escobar meme where he's walking around the playground looking sad and lonely waiting for football <laughs> to return to his life how has the absence of spurs and Ange ball been for you Oh, absolutely terrible. I miss mm. watching my team. Yeah. I really yeah. resent the fact that I'm being denied real football so that the <laughs> FA can pad the coffers with England, Australia. Why? <laughs> and we don't even get to see James Madison. And when we do, he's in his wrong position. And all these bloody qualifiers for what will one day be a 78-team European Championship <laughs> with 16 separate three-leg knockout rounds and... All played in Saudi Arabia. Two halves of 45 minutes extra times, all played in minority football countries, yeah. Yeah, 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 we can look forward to that. Dave, welcome back. Clearly, the tone of cynicism has been set early on this week. I imagine you might add to that. Are you similarly despondent about the lack of club football at the moment. It should be. Leeds are doing yeah, well. I, exactly. I hate the international break. I mean, don't get me wrong, losing before the international break is awful because it lingers mm. and festers and you've got that loss for two whole weeks. But when you're doing really well... And when off the back of two wins, and you know, I, the championship is nonstop when it's actually going. Mm. We had like three games in six days or something in the week before the break, and now I got, I've got zero games in 14 days. It's unacceptable. I'm not happy. Virgil van Dijk can't handle it, can he? He wants to have a two week break in between games. You know, some of these professional footballers don't know how lucky they are. Well, I mean, European Super League plus European Championship Super League, you know, you never know. It could happen. Yeah, it could do. It could do. I'm sure we'll be there to comment on it. So obviously, you were away last week you missed the last episode i hope you've listened to it because i know you always listen back to us and you're uh, a good supporter yeah great episode as exciting as the the game that it was i think yeah exactly yeah yeah, exactly uh (laughs) so now now you've seen spurs pull off another good result i assume that you you are on our own product dave was that a backhanded (laughs) compliment (laughs) (laughs) dax did label label this episode as a filler 
um, after about eight yeah. seconds. So. <laughs> it's, it's not yeah, exactly, exactly a ringing endorsement, is it? <laughs> it's like when you're watching one of those TV shows and they just have an episode where they're just like, ah, let's just do like a, one of those... Bottle episodes. Yeah, yeah bottle episodes. Like the whole crew are just stuck in a room, like the fly episode of Breaking Bad. That's what this is. You know? <laughs> yeah, to save money. <laughs> we couldn't be bothered yeah. to write anything or come up with anything particularly groundbreaking, so we're just going to go over our ground. Um, so Dave, why don't you tell me, now that you had another chance to watch Spurs and you've seen us continue to be incredible and dominate the league... Can you explain to me why, if it is indeed your belief, why Spurs aren't going to be champions in May without using the words or words to the effect of because Man City exist and or because we don't have any centre-backs? There's a challenge for you. <sighs> um... I don't think I can, to be honest. Difficult, isn't it? I think it's too early. As we've all said, mm. it's too early to tell. You know, I've said from the start of the... Um, season of the season that we need to wait 10 games and we're eight games in so we need to wait another two games now it's fortunate that you've got two fairly straightforward games next so you know that might blow my mm. whole you know let's wait 10 games out of the water because we might be 10 games in and you're two points clear and it's like oh god spurs might win the league but yeah let's see let's see i think socks is as much as it wasn't the answer that you wanted dags i think socks is probably the most <laughs> sane answer that there is which is maybe flip this yeah. season on its head and if we're exactly where we are right now with eight games to go mm. then we see it will be the most satisfying moment of my season when socks finally admits that we can do it go on, <laughs> first of all elio thank you for reminding dave of the word season after he was struggling to remember that it's a good start <laughs> I think while Sox is obviously speaking sense, obviously, I've probably got a lower threshold for when I'd start to get excited. I think if we get to the halfway point, if we get to Christmas time after that period of all the games having come thick and fast, and yeah. we're sort of within five, six points off the top, then. I'll believe we can. I won't believe we will do it, but I'll definitely believe we can if at that point, opportunity to reinforce in January as well, ahead of momentum mm. build up after a strong first half season, because that'll be a good sample size to see what this team is made of. That'll be half the fixtures available. So with that sample size available in a season where we don't have the distraction of Europe, I think if we do get to Christmas, if we do get to our 19th match and we're in the top two or three, and within touching distance of first place points wise there's no reason to think we can't do it because yeah. we'll have proven across a significant period of time that we've got at least the ability to do it then you have things like the age of our young squad working against us in a title charge and that kind of thing coming into play and mm. obviously new managers of the league thin squad blah 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 but if you can't sort of start getting excited at that prospect at that point, then I think you're watching the wrong sports, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Eight absolutely. games in, definitely premature. Absolutely. And <laughs> How dare you? Okay, may I remind <laughs> you of the words of the big man himself, Ange, who said, let them get excited. Let them get ahead of themselves. That's the beauty of being a supporter. What Ange happened? grew up supporting Liverpool, not Spurs. That's a very different upbringing. <laughs> What happened to that optimistic, wide-eyed young man I once knew called Elio who would believe, even when we were managed by the likes of Christian Gross, Jerry Francis and George Graham, that this could be our year? What happened to him, eh? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. You always believe you can. And when you're watching the kind of football we're playing, when you're watching the amount of chances we're creating, I think we've created the most yeah. chances in the league, had the most touches in the box in the league, best XG in the league, etc., etc. And also just eye test, we're playing really good football. Then I think, yeah, of course you think we can do it. But I think 
actually saying that with any conviction, you need a bigger sample size than we've got at the moment. If we go and absolutely nail the January window from a position where we're within touching distance of the top, then maybe it's a different story, right? If we do bring in a top-class centre-back for cover, if we bring in another attacker that can do what Richarlison isn't doing, and we manage to avoid getting a load of suspensions, because, of course, we do have the most yellow cards of any team in the Premier League, let's not forget that, and a pretty light squad in certain areas. If we can go injury-free, I know these are a lot of issues that brings me back to those immortal words by Gino De Campo, where he said, if my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bike. However, if, and if, and if we get to that point, and all of the above are satisfied, then I say we have a chance. I don't think that's uh, yeah, but I mean, we're, we're a very long way from January and <laughs> we've got, and yeah, we can say if we do this and that, but all the other teams that are in the hunt will also be looking at January as how can we give ourselves an even better chance of winning the league and the players that are good enough to reinforce us if we're one of the best teams in the country will also be being looked at if they're available in any way by our rivals for position, including the ones that can easily outmuscle us financially. So, so yep, I, yep. I, I don't really want to open up that can of words and you know what it's not even a case of top class centre-back it just has to be someone who can step in and do the same job that the current centre-backs do which we know Mm -hmm. pace wise Eric Dyer just can't do what the current centre-backs are doing and that's not his fault his body's just not able to and I mean we talk about Richarlison I mean I'm hoping we don't need to sign an attacker in January because I'm hoping that Brennan Johnson catches fire and then yeah that that's the solution but i think ultimately even though we haven't been successful in our lifetimes you can't support a club like spurs and settle for less than going for the very top even if you don't get it and that's been by and large spurs fans frustration with the club for a significant mm-hmm. period of time socks more than anyone that the club has seemingly settled for a ceiling below the very top level so yeah. so i think we have to want it and we have to believe we can do it but we also have to not make ourselves look like idiots by acting like arsenal fans after eight games <laughs> <laughs> Is that aimed at me by any chance, Elio? I'd, I'd take it if it was, to be fair. No, absolutely. Let me give you some stats, shall I? Because I know how much you guys love stats. So these are some of the metrics in which Spurs are top among all of the Premier League clubs at the moment. Top of shots, shots on target, non-penalty XG, non-penalty XA, key passes with 117, passes into the box with 108, progressive passes with 461, shot creating actions with 269, Tackles, we're top in tackles with 101. Touches inside the box, 324. Dribbles, 209. Progressive carries, 228. Overall distance carried, 20,777. Because I know you want to know that. And as well as, of course, yellow cards, which we are on top of. <laughs> oh, and carries into the box as well. So uh, put it this way, I think it's fair to say, even if we're not going to win the league, and even if it is premature to be saying we're up there, we're up there by rights, aren't we? I know the argument against that is, yeah, the XG table puts us a bit lower. But ultimately, as much as people do put a lot of stock into XG, it's not the be-all and end-all. And when you start looking at all of these things and just watching us play, so can you at least give me this and say that we deserve to be where we are? Yeah, that 100%. I, I, yeah. I'll never disagree with that point, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, we are, we are where we you are. You didn't need merit. all those stats. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't need to know that we made 20,000 progressive carries. I'm not entirely sure in what yeah. context is that good. Is that 10,000? That That's a bit like Arsenal's field tilt stat that they seem to whack over. <laughs> yeah. Field tilt's a great stat, Leo. Do you not know um, what it is? What does it mean, Dagus? 
It means what does it mean number of passes. No, no, I've, I've actually, I don't need to Google because I've prepared for it. It's number of passes in the attacking <laughs> third compared to how many are received into your defensive third, if I'm not mistaken, which we're top of as well. Field tilt is one of those that I laughed at when I first saw it because I was like, what the hell is field tilt? But it's actually not a bad indicator of dominance in the game. That uh, possession-hungry Barcelona side, that was probably the greatest side any of us have and will ever see. Spent the mm. majority of most matches passing in the central thirds of the pitch yeah. and being patient until a space opens up. Their field tilt would have been horrendous based on what you've just well, described. Well, no, it wouldn't have been because it would have been compared to how many passes have gone into their own defensive third. So actually, if it's a ratio, they would have actually been quite good. They would have played, played quite a few balls into the final third. So basically, any possession-hungry team will have good field tilts because they won't receive a lot of passes against. <laughs> Uh, what, We're going to revisit this. Is, We're going to revisit this. is the it. worst episode we've ever done. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why you're rising to this, Elio. Just leave it. <laughs> you know just what? I, 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 just leave it, Elio. Leave it. This entire episode was designed just to wind up Elio and socks. So far, I think it's working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's put it another way. So, I, I guess what I really wanted to talk about was just look back on the season so far. I mean, Dave, I've given these guys a few things to talk about so far. You're the neutral one here. You've had a look at Spurs quite a lot this season. What do you make of us? What's the most surprising thing about the way we've played so far? And how do you assess the team's performance over the first eight games? I think the best thing, and not necessarily the most surprising thing, but certainly the most satisfying thing, is mm. the transition that Ange Ball has made from the SPL to the EPL has been really positive, And it's been really positive experience for you guys. I think that's great. I think that emphasizes the importance of a coach, which I am a firm believer in, post Bielsa. And I think it shows that, you know, if you do give up and coming managers who haven't necessarily been there and done that before, if you give them a go, you know, there's every chance that they'll succeed. I'm not saying they definitely will succeed because, you yeah. know, you can't, you can't be right all the time. And some things just won't work when you are faced up against a higher quality of player. But if the theory is there and the training is there and the coaching is there, um, then what you can achieve is is what you're seeing right now, which is a hell of a good start. And, you know, two Manager of the yeah. Month awards in a row can't be a surprise. Indeed. Congratulations, Ange. And it's sustainable, isn't it? It's not like we're riding our luck. I feel like a lot of people have pointed to the fact that we have played the current bottom four, I think it is, so far. And they're saying, oh, you know, wait until you play some good teams. But then the argument to that is we've played Arsenal, we've played Liverpool, we've played Man United, who I know, Dave, you wouldn't categorize as one of the good teams, but you know, that's, that's quite what it is. They've given us trouble in the past. So, Personally, and I don't know if anyone would disagree, I've seen enough so far so that there isn't a fixture that we could have. Don't get me wrong, we will lose. You know, there will come a game where we will lose. I'm not <laughs> saying we're gonna we're gonna go the whole season unbeaten, but there's no fixture that I look at now and think, ah, you know what, if we lose that, it's not that big a deal. Even Man City away, I feel like I'm going there thinking we have every chance of winning this. And I don't think I've ever really felt that way. There's always been those handful of games where you're like, ah, Liverpool away, Arsenal away. Those games you're like, a draw would be nice. Whereas I feel like we're at the point now where we've got the tools at least, mm. if a few things fall our way to, to win against anyone. Um, I think one, one thing on that, just to add, Dags, I think one thing on that is uh, we, I felt that in our first year in the Premier League because of the way that we were playing with Bielsa, you know, it was, you know, we were, we were top of every metrics that you wanted to mention. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a great feeling. But I think the problem that we have, which I don't think you will have, is that uh-huh. ultimately, 
the quality of our opposition used to tell. So we used to get battered by teams who had really quality individuals who could mm. break what we were trying to achieve. That kind of, people might hate me for saying, but it was very structured. It was very patterned. I think Scott Parker mentioned it once when Fulham beat us 2-1. He said, yeah, they're just patterns. We just have to know the patterns and you work it out. Okay, cheers, yeah. Scott. Nice one. Um, uh, but but <laughs> he, is, he, he is, to an extent, he is correct. And, you know, if you had world-class players who could, work against your players and be better at your players and read and understand what they're going to do, anticipate and then punish, then you're in trouble. But the difference is, you know, we had Luke Ayling, you've got Pedro Porro. We had Liam Cooper, you've got Mickey van der Ven. So, you know, you've got an absolute, at least one level, if not two or three levels, higher player to start with, which I think is a really good platform for you to do it. The question is, if it does go wrong, which it could, you know, you could get pumped in a game the way that you play by a really quality attacking outfit the trick yeah. is that you don't lose faith and that you keep going because ultimately you will improve you'll get better you know and obviously knows what he's doing so you just need to make sure that everybody in the changing room has the amount of faith that you guys have even when it goes wrong because it, it might go wrong but yeah you get yeah. back on the horse there you go i think Bielsa would be a big fan of the way we're playing this season dave i don't know about you yeah, i think you're particularly right particularly our pressing game um, and i'd be fascinated to throw- to know, I, I really hope somebody asks a question of Bielsa in one of his Eurobar press yeah. conferences what, what he thinks of Angeball because i think he'll have a very yeah. interesting take on it yeah absolutely uh one stat that he'll be proud of is that tottenham have the best here's another one for you elio ppda do you know that one Another new age football stat that probably makes you far defensive action. Is that, that right? my guess? Is it passes per defensive action? It is passes per defensive no. action, which is a, a rather convoluted way of basically saying how well a team presses, how few passes a team is limited to before a team pressures or closes them down. And we've actually got the most regains in the final third of any team as well. So we're not just good on the ball, we're very, very good out of the ball. Which takes me to the question I was about to ask you a minute ago, Sock, just generally, and you've got the whole field to aim at here. What's been the one thing that you've been happiest with in general about Spurs? I don't just mean in terms of the results, because obviously, yeah, that's the obvious one. Or the most surprising, what's been the most pleasantly surprising aspect of the way we've played? I think back to where we all were two, three, four, five months ago, and what we were all saying coming into this season when we appointed Ange, and everybody broadly, I, I think I speak on behalf of a majority of Spurs fans, when we were all saying, we just want to play good football, not results be damned, nobody would have accepted 12th position. But there were people that would have been Mm. like, you know, if we finish seventh, even if it's a disappointment, we can accept it. The whole point of moving back towards a manager like Ange is to move away from the win now philosophy of Conte and Jose that never fit the football club. So the whole point of this is to go back to a project that's going to be peaking around its third or fourth year. So with that in mind, a lot of us coming into the season and we were all saying, I think we all thought we were going to play good football, but I don't think anybody thought it would come this good and this quickly. Like the kind of football we've been playing now, I expected to be seeing maybe mid-season or towards the back end of the season with it maybe taking a massive jump next season. So for me, the most pleasing thing is that it's impossible to quantify, but we're ahead of schedule. I don't know if we're ahead of schedule by three months or six months or nine months, but it feels ahead of schedule for sure. When you consider mm. how many new... I mean, that entire... We've spoken about this before. That entire defense is completely brand new. Romero <laughs> is the only one that offers stability and he's not particularly stable. That midfield mm. is effectively brand new. Basuba didn't play last year. Sara is brand new. Effectively, Madison is... Brand, like It's a brand new team with a brand new coach. 
coming off the back of a season where even though it wasn't the worst performance we ever had in you know the last 20 years it felt like one of the most draining seasons going as far back to the early 2000s late 90s so for us to be you know all i'm seeing a spurs fan saying i can't wait to watch tottenham play every single week i've never hated the international break more all these sorts of things people are excited to watch us play football and it's just the turnaround from zero to a hundred, like it's been completely binary. There's been absolutely no middle ground. And you're right in the sense that look, we will lose games and we have about four or five players that I consider to be untouchable. And that if they get injured, the drop off between them and the next person is so significant in terms of not just in terms of the quality, but in terms of how they play. Like for example, Poro to Emerson is like replacing like a pizza with a chicken kebab. It's not that either one is bad, but it's like I can't get one to replace another. One, one's more of a defender, one's more of a forward. So like you lose a few players and the way we play will change dramatically. And that's why I'm always erring on the side of caution amongst other things. But with all that in mind, like, you want to talk about winning the league and all this dumb shit. The reality of the situation <laughs> is is that this, <laughs> this club should be aiming to win it in 2025 2026 because it will have given us two seasons of bedding in the players mm-hmm. now we spoke a few weeks ago like about destiny Adogi and van der ven and said the north london derby was the biggest aim of their entire careers these fuckers are not ready for a title challenge they're just not they will crumble <laughs> under the weight of pressure and expectation because they're children will in they football in terms. we said, we said but that in about two or three years time, 100 100 they will mm-hmm. and that's fine they're supposed to but in two or three years' you time, you can't run anything with kids, right? Is that what you're well, saying? Quite, Do we have that on quite. record? Well, well, we don't have too many adults. We have about seven or eight kids. That's that's the problem. <laughs> and the only adult is in Christian Romero. I have seen him go on Instagram and two foot his own child. <laughs> He's not the adult in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so the reality of the situation is is that if we want to dream, I'm not saying I don't want to be a negative bastard all the time, but. And I don't want to be too premature after eight games. Then but if you want to dream, then yeah. no, I'm going to. Thanks, Elliot. I'm, I'm you're, you're coming around to my way of thinking now. I don't want to, but I will anyway. But to be a little bit pragmatic, in two or three yeah. years' time, you're already seeing the bones of something that could be good. And I think the fact that we're even having this discussion, and even though we're mostly having it in a kind of blase, tongue-in-cheek way, like imagine yeah. in it's June someone said to you, would be top of the like. Look, I saw people coming into the season thinking we were going to finish eighth. Not Spurs fans, but other people. People were like, oh, they're going to fall off a cliff and they're going to finish in the bottom half. Nobody was giving us a hope in hell. So the yeah. fact that even this early on, we're able to have these conversations, even largely tongue-in-cheek, is testament to how good of a job Andrew's doing. So as far as I'm mm. concerned, look, I'd be disappointed if we finish any lower than sixth. And I think fifth will probably be about our level, fingers crossed with injuries. I think... If we can make it to January relatively unscathed and we sign a couple of players, one being a centre-back and another I can make a case for a left-back, a midfielder, a centre-forward, a right-back. So whichever one that secondary one is, as long as one of them is a centre-back, then I think we're absolutely nailed on for top five bar an injury crisis, which means Champions League football, which for what is supposed to be oh, yeah, of course. The, the project manager, not the win-now manager, the manager yeah. that is supposed to do the Arteta 8th, 8th, 5th. The Jurgen Klopp didn't win anything until his fourth year. Ferguson yeah. until his fifth. Pochettino peaked in his third. The fact that mm. we are looking this good on the eye, eight games in, having lost our best player in Kane, our second best player hasn't kicked the ball since February, somewhere in the Midlands in Leicester. We had the disrupted preseason and we have no backup centre-backs, blah, blah, blah. There's mm. a hell of a lot behind the scenes that's still sh- so for us to be doing this well is a testament to how good of a job and just doing yeah. it. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. 
Yeah, yeah, thanks. Stand up for a round of applause, please, everybody. <laughs> um, we, we still could finish eighth, to be fair. I think the, the real question is probably not at what point will you accept we're in a title race. It's probably at what point will I accept that we're not. How many games do we have to lose <laughs> before I give up on my dream and say, yeah, all right, guys, maybe top four, <laughs> top five. I don't know, but we'll see. Every game that we're still up there, I'm going to let myself dream and just go along with it. But here's a few nice stats for you, because You talked about how much better we're playing than last season. I like some of these. This is comparing some of our stats per 90 to last season under Antonio Conte. So touches in the opposition box stands out. 42.6 compared to 23.6. That's pretty outrageous. Expected goals is up. Field tilt, Elio. Field tilt is up to 64.8% <laughs> over 43.1. This is up there with a hope rating, isn't it? This is like, this is like an actually, an a stat that actually means something, but is nonetheless just as annoying. Elio, I want to know your thoughts on who has been the most surprising player to you in our team. Because I know a lot of players have exceeded expectations, but some of them we knew would be brilliant. Who have you been most pleasantly surprised um, by? It's hard to say, really. I mean, one, Son is doing a very good job of being Son. I mean, if Again. we based Basuma, if we marked him up against the Basuma we saw last season in Dribs and Drabs, then you can say it's surprising, but not based on the Basuma yeah. that we've seen over several years in the Premier League. I mean, Kulisevsky is Kulisevsky. He's just... Uh, yeah. Top well, class elite ball carrier. Yeah. I'm not surprised by Doggy at all. I thought, based on sort of everything I read about the season he had in Italy last year, that he could have probably been our starting left back last year, never mind this year. So he hasn't really surprised me. I think Porro potentially, because I think we knew he could attack, but I think he's actually mm, not shot, been actually. exposed defensively the way I think we feared. I think after the first game, we said, well, obviously teams are going to target us down our right flank because that's where a soccer said it because that's the obvious place to target us because that's where we're weakest but he he doesn't really look like a sitting duck in the slices so so I've been quite happily impressed with him but I think for me I'd probably have to go with two I'd go with Papa Matesar I think as much as he was and is an obvious talent I think the ease with which he's slotted in and played quite manfully it's definitely a surprise I mean don't get me wrong in my mind he's not quite at sort of peak Bentancourt levels but Bentancourt is a 27 year old highly capped Uruguayan international mm. with many years yeah. of experience at top European clubs yeah. Papa Matza as a kid he's created a conversation as to whether he gets back into the well, team automatically he, if, That's if we didn't have Bentancourt at the club and I was just told Papa Matsa is our starting central midfielder and we, he's just going to... Fine. Yeah, I wouldn't complain because I'd look at this guy getting better and better and better and be really happy. So I'd, I'd probably go with him. The other one would be Vicario, not because I had doubts about mm. the signing per se. I'm not I, I'm not one of those fans who gets uppity about a signing a player I've never heard of. Quite frankly, I usually prefer it because it means I don't actually have uh, <laughs> happened to me what's happened with people like Rebrov and Pavlyuchenko over the years yeah, where yeah. off the back of a good tournament or some highlights, I thought we were getting a world beater. So <laughs> You don't mind having to Google. Exactly. I, I really love having to Google, to tell you the truth. Yeah. So I think I was confident Vicario would be a good signing because there must have been a reason we were signing him as our first choice goalkeeper. We weren't just throwing darts with the blindfolds on. 
But the speed at which he's adapted to this league and not looked flustered has been incredible. Goalkeepers coming from abroad in this league, especially from Italy, mm-hmm. who remembers Massimo Taibi, they, they don't fare well in this league immediately. They don't like the high crosses. They don't like the physicality. They don't like the far less protection. And yes, they do get far less protection over here than what they get mm-hmm. in other leagues. I mean, remember Aurelio Gomez's first year, at least for us, where yeah. he was actually crying from the bruising he was getting from the big lumps that he was having to defend against. So yeah, the way Vicario has just slotted in and looked top class from basically mm-hmm. the first moment, uh, I, I think that's a strong contender for the big surprise. I mean, from the second he made that good save early on against Manchester United, I just thought, right, I trust you. And he's not let me down on that. Vicario actually has the highest percentage of saves. Oh, he saved the highest percentage of shots of any goalkeeper in the Premier League, which is uh, yeah. it is a commendation of him, but also slightly worrying that he's having to make so many saves, I suppose. I think he's, he's had quite a few to face, but no, absolutely. Yeah, but I also think that speaks super. to the low quality of the chances we're actually conceding on the whole as well. I mean, Forcing even though he's, made a, cu- distance, he's yeah. made a couple of wonder saves, but most of his saves have also just been a goalkeeper concentrating on what he's doing and, and not fluffing his lines and considering we were worried he might have a Loris style gaff in him that's actually been mm. really pleasing but yeah it, it's not just about conceding lots of shots and saving lots of shots it's, it's the kind of shots you're conceding and I think that's proof that the system is working especially in these very early days that yeah, yeah we're conceding chances but this system is designed to concede chances it's never not going to concede chances the point is to concede low percentage chances and by and large yeah. that is what we've conceded yeah, and if it looks like a team's actually going to create a real chance, Basuma will just haul them down anyway, so we're fine. Uh, Dave, what about you? Is there anyone who stood out for you in particular that you've been really impressed by that you perhaps didn't rate that much before the season or didn't think they were that kind of player? Well, I think Saar is right. I think Elia's right with Saar mm. and Vicario, to be honest, as well. But surprise is a strong word, but I'm very, very impressed with the level that Madison has taken his game up to to be such a consistently threatening player for a well a bigger team quite frankly and in a position Mm. where a lot more eyes are on him you know there are players that get that big move and they don't perform or they become one of one of a team which isn't necessarily a bad thing but Madison's been standout and I think that's testament to his obvious desire to improve his work rate you know, he's clearly having a great time. And I think that's really important. It's yeah. one thing doing well, but it's one thing enjoying what you're doing and genuinely being thrilled to play for Spurs, which, you know, is probably something that, you know, hasn't happened that much in recent history. I think, you know, it's <laughs> not, no, no offense to you guys, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes it is. Why would you be? <laughs> it, it did look like it was hard work being a Spurs player, but Madison genuinely loves it. And, you know, you almost can't put a price on that. It's no surprise how good he is, other than the fact that he obviously took to it so quickly. But I think he's a slightly different player to what I expected. And we've talked a lot already about how he does a lot of his great work in central midfield and slightly deeper. And I think there's a lot more to his game than perhaps he was showing at Leicester. Coming back to Saar, one thing that made me laugh, Dave, you listened to last week's episode. I know how we we talked about him quite a lot because he had a great game against Luton. But I love how we said, oh, it's lazy to compare him to Yaya Toure just because he's an African central midfielder. He's more like Vieira. 
who is literally from Senegal. So <laughs> that made me laugh listening back. I was like, wait, we didn't really uh, think that through, did we? But anyway, anyway, we're, we're probably putting slightly high uh, expectations on. on it him. didn't help that I followed that up with comparing him to Didier Zakora, the Ivorian. It's a really kind of drama. Yeah. Yeah. Elio's sticking Africa. with the, with the Steven Gerrard. I'm uh, sticking with the Steven Gerrard one. comparison. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not Young sure. Steven I'm Gerrard. Sure. Not sure about that one, but yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe young, young Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, yeah, that, that's probably um, more along the lines of the way he played. Not peak goal scoring Stephen Gerrard, but that Gerrard that broke on the scene could do a bit of everything, had a beautiful sort mm. of curved pass on him, which was probably the thing he stood out for earlier. And just the energy, strength, and pace that he brought to the midfield at a very young age. That's why I keep making that comparison. I think he needs to work on his Thunder Bastards if he wants to be considered among that <laughs> kind of company like uh, Gerrard and Yatoro but let's see he's still, still got plenty of time anyway next few games we have Fulham at home we've got mm-hmm. Palace away and we have Chelsea at home what are your thoughts looking at those three other than nine easy points <laughs> um, Palace away is tricky Palace away is very, very tricky. They're a good side. They've got a very good manager. They've got a lot of players that I wouldn't mind having at Spurs as well. Gay's a really, really top talent. As a, I think he's actually injured again, isn't he? But he is obviously an unbelievable player. Olise is someone I've wanted mm. us. I wanted us to sign from Reading, and they've done so well to tie him down long term. I think that's going to be a really hard game, and not that I predict us to lose any game but that could be a potential sort of bringing back down to to earth for us if there is any in there because it's a game that we'll go Mm. in expecting to win and going toe-to-toe with just a really sort of wily old fox in Hodgson and a really sort of well-tuned player group of players lots of familiarity which we always sort of extol the virtues on I think Jordan is having a really really good season so far as I think he's the top dribbler in the league or something like that so far this season Uh, so so I don't want to get too cocky about that game, even though it's one that we should, by and large, be winning. It's one to make sure we take really, really seriously. Fulham at home. Fulham are a really good team as well. Obviously, Paulinho is one of the top midfielders in the league. But even without Basuma, I'd really expect us to win that game. I really feel like it's one that we should be going in and imposing our game in from the off. And obviously, finishing up with Chelsea at home. I mean, it's a fixture that you love and hate in equal measure. Hate yeah. because it's just fucked us so many times over the course of our lives. But also, the atmosphere it's gonna be a spicy in that game. One, it's it? going to be under the night lights as well. Pochettino. Yeah. Yeah, returning yeah. it's got so many ingredients I mean if you can't get excited about that game then f*** off and watch golf <laughs> Socks can you get excited about that game <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. if Socks can get excited one. about that game then anyone can there you go there you go I want to I want to do a little experiment quickly guys I have in front of me our list of upcoming fixtures including those three I'm going to read them out in order and I want all three of you to listen out and when I read the fixture that will be our first loss of the season I'd like you to shout out oh, okay I'm going to see how this goes Fulham at home Palace away Chelsea home Wolves away Loss Okay, (laughs) Dave's out already Villa at home Man City away Loss I'm so Sucks you still in We're going to win the league man Keep going (laughs) (laughs) If you're right (laughs) I mean if we get to the other side of Manchester That was Sucks's You know what I am Iron Man (laughs) (laughs) Okay next is West Ham at home (laughs) We're going to be here a while Newcastle home 
Yeah, loss. Is that it? Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's going to take us until the 9th of December. Historically, they've always been a huge bogey team for us, both home and away. Like the amount of times they've dicked on us at home when they haven't even been particularly good. That's always yeah. a tricky one. There I have no idea what to make of you anymore, Socks. I don't, I don't know who you are. I, I don't understand <laughs> what's going on in How your mind. How do you mind. think I feel? <laughs> I just... <laughs> I've got a therapy thought... session tomorrow. I'm going to ask him if he yeah. can book a double session back-to-back because I, I, have, I have a lot I need to talk about. <laughs> I think so. I <laughs> think so. Crisis. Well, we did promise this would be a pretty snappy episode. So I think that's enough fantasizing about winning the league and enough kissing our own asses about how great we've been so far. That's probably more or less everything. I don't know if anyone else had anything in particular to add. Other than, and this is always the most exciting part of every episode, we have another email, gentlemen and ladies and listeners. We have a response now from and normally i would bemoan the fact that we only get emails from the same people but we have to just roll with what we've got and socks dad slash elio's uncle has <laughs> responded off the back of the drama from last week and I will am i being disowned now. live on air like, <laughs> no <laughs> no no it could have gone one of two ways and i think it's actually gone the other way Socks. so uh so so listen out so he says hello again plus dave podcasters i've now sufficiently calmed down after the last episode so i can express <laughs> my feelings about the quiz he puts quiz in <laughs> without resorting to extreme language. In a nutshell, the way it was conducted and how it distorted its result brought me to the apex of an apoplectic fit and had me raging like a bull high on amphetamine brackets of the purest quality, I should add, in a china shop. <laughs> At this point, I should remind you that he's going by the moniker of Sir Keith after Keith Richards, so um, of course it would be of the purest quality. Call it thievery, call it thuggery, call it what you will here, but to allow the stealing of an answer by one contestant, that would be me, when it was not his turn must surely be a crime under the Helsinki Human Rights Agreement of 1913 and we all remember what happened after that as a result of non-compliance. In case you're too young to remember it, it was the First World War. Once again, I have no doubt that the actual Keith Richards probably does remember that. Can I suggest that the result is rescinded and the quiz results be awarded to the gents referred to as socks? That will restore my faith. I await the restoration of justice and fairness to be part of next week's episode. In disgust, I remain faithfully yours, Sir Keith. P.S. Hi, son. No DNA test needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's absolutely. What, what do I have accurate. to say to that? Elio, Elio what do I have to say to you that? stand accused with me as your co-accused. I mean, Sox is continuing to try and uh, hide behind Daddy. <laughs> it appears. Um, I mean, this is Jurgen Klopp levels of whinging after the event. Um, <laughs> he wants a replay of the quiz. I'll play him on FIFA. Actually, I won't. I'll probably shall, we refer, shall we refer to him as Sir Jurgen from now on? So Jurgen, I like that. Um, I will say one thing and one thing alone about yes. Sir Keith, and Sox was witness to this, so he can completely back up that this event did take place in all seriousness once upon a time, and therefore should invalidate all future opinions coming from my uncle on pretty much anything. <laughs> my uncle, early on in one of our Harry Redknapp seasons, mm-hmm. and I quote about one young Gareth Bale, said that he was fed up of him, and he would drive him to any club of his choosing for free. He said that in all seriousness. There you go. I love the fact that this quiz has created such a furore of our, of our <laughs> devoted fan base. And yet, obviously I wasn't here, but it was the easiest quiz. You were basically fighting <laughs> yeah. over who won, like a spelling bee where the word was hat. 
It was so simple. <laughs> like I, I got every single one right, but you know, I don't want to go on Jay Carroll on it. I completed that, mate. Yeah, it was easy. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah the, I think Elio needs up his game on the quizzes, to be honest, because that was a doddle. I oh. believe you, Dave. Did you get Hans Sager's, Dave? Yeah, I got it from the Wimbledon clue. Obviously, I had I no idea it was affiliated with Spurs. Wow. I guess we'll have to take your word for that. I know my Wimbledon goalkeepers. Anyway, that, that is my nothing. retort. That is my retort to defame my opponents by bringing <laughs> up past indiscretions. <laughs> a bold tactic, a bold tactic. One you use quite regularly on this show, I think, certainly with, with regards to opposition managers. Excellent. Guys, that is probably enough. Before we let our listeners go and we look forward to the grand return of Andrew Ball, Spurs and the Premier League, one last important question to all of you to revisit a question that I asked at the beginning of the season. And I would like a number where are Spurs going to finish in the league? And you can't duck out. You've got to give me a position. Sock? Uh, the start of the season, I said sixth or seventh. I will now say fifth. Fifth. Dave? I can't remember what I said at the start of the season. Doesn't matter. But now I think you'll finish fourth. Fourth. Elio? Start of the season, I said fourth. Uh, I'm going to go to third. And I am going to go to first. Thank you very much, <laughs> Dave, podcast <laughs> listeners. We have plenty of episodes before we come back to discuss Spurs' triumphant <laughs> Premier League victory in May. But I hope you can join us for as many of those starting with next week's <laughs> where we will be looking back on at least the Fulham game, if not both games, right? Because they're in quite close succession, depending on when we decide to record. I hope this hasn't been too much of a train wreck and you enjoyed parts of it. And that goes out to you as well, Sir Keith slash Sir Yo. We will be back next week for more nonsense. We hope you can join us then. Stay classy, Spurs fans, and we'll see you next time. Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they've done it! They've done it!